Hi Brickies, I'm Dominic, the last one standing with a kink for cannibalism. And I'm Kate, the resident phobia expert who also hears voices. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about stuff that scares us. Ripping a few laughs and survival tips along the way. As always, please subscribe, rate and review us. And don't forget to follow us on the socials at Shit and Bricks Podcast. Like the morning after a night on the curries and cans, here it comes. So drop your ducks, pop a squat and let's get into it. Probably one of the most iconic parts of our childhood. Correct. Like there's a whole generation of people that just thought Austin Powers was fabulous. Yes, I'm one of those people. <laughs> and Especially we... being such a big James Bond fan. Like it was just the best of both yeah. worlds. Like that classic comedy partnered with all of the references to James Bond. And I liked it as an alternative to things like Scary Movie and such, which just... yeah. Yeah, those parodies were good, but sometimes they're not so good. (laughs) Anyway. Hi, Catherine. Oh, hello, Dominic. How are you? How are you coping being back at work for the first week? Well, I need to tell you something that I was thinking about today, about you. Uh Uh-oh. I have successfully and completely Mm. transitioned into calling, I know, hang on, hold the phone, calling groups of people folks rather than guys. I have moved away from guys, which was my go-to and it has been for so long and I've been making a real conscious effort and now it comes naturally. Yay! I am folks, folks, folks all the time. And how do you feel? Do you think folks is, is it a, like, do you feel like an old person when you say it or is it just not, at is all. It not landing with the audience? No, I don't think it matters. It's just a way of getting their initial attention for groups yeah. of, of people. Uh, and I really like it because it's just. It's so easy, actually. It's, so it's easy. not that hard. It's really not. But I really encourage anyone who's listening, if you're in that sort of space or if you're even in just work meetings, anything, it is not difficult to move from guys to folks. And it is so much more. It's a, it's a little change, but it's a little something you can do where, you know, even if some kids notice. And I can remember back when I was at school, there was a teacher that used to say it. And I was just like, oh, that sounds so like old, but I don't feel like that at all. And nobody has said anything or picked up, but it's a little change for me and it makes me feel good. Yeah. So there's, and there's so many alternatives, like folks is just what I like to use. And for some reason, I don't know, maybe I'm, I don't know when people hear me say it, they never say that it sounds like an old person thing. No, me either. Quirky or weird, but there's so many alternatives. So and I can tell you right now, every time someone refers to me as guys in a group, I cringe and I yeah. tune out for a good like minute or two and just go, God, fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, use anything else. And it's just such a real, it's, it's one of those little things. But like you're saying, there might be one kid that I pass in a group and they go, oh, folks. Yeah. And that's all that matters because yeah. it makes no difference to all the other kids that I was calling guys all the time. Exactly. Um, it hurts that, no one you know, and it helps the very few folks. Correct, which so. is what we want to do. Ain't no, ain't no thing but a J Strang on a chicken wing. That's I'm what we want to say. I'm proud of you, Kate. Well done. Thank you. But I thought of you today and I couldn't wait to tell you. That definitely puts a smile on my face and I fucking need it after today. I'm here for you. Mm. But I want to hear why. I'll give you the really short version. Today... Okay. Well, not actually this day or the day when this is released or whatever, but July 16th, which is around this time, is International Drag Day and it is also Non-Binary Awareness Week. And we, I was hosting uh, a big event with like six drag queens and kings and other performers all around the state of Victoria. We had like hundreds of people. It was an online event and I was hosting it and I love hosting it and I was up crack of dawn. I did the best makeup I think I've ever done. I looked I would agree. Stunning. You um, were like beaten to the gods. You, oh my god. The I couldn't believe though the pain Dom shared on Bonnie Doon's story. Um which is the drag queen that uh exists <laughs> as part of Dominic. Bonnie Doon, look it up, follow it. B O N N I E D O O N Bonnie Doon. 
and you the pain you must have been going through to have your hair and your like yeah the forehead and everything for your <laughs> I'm assuming for your wig but also just for a little extra snatch I can yeah I can literally see, <laughs> can the, see mark. the line you had the tape on there and already you hadn't even like put your wig on or anything and you're like okay guys I have a headache already <laughs> so I can't imagine what the entire day was like I'm sure you had to pop a few neurofen just to get through it yeah it was it's fine it's fine I, like I love doing it but um you know essentially with these sorts of things and working online it's all based on tech and tech working and I got there three hours ahead of time and I tested and I tested and I did so Kate and I more so than others know the importance of doing tech and dress rehearsals correct (laughs) and legitimately two minutes before I welcomed everyone the whole entire system not just turned off it died we broke the whole thing and I tried and I was playing the music I was cute I was doing the interviews I was queuing everything and I ended up trying to do it from a laptop and 60 people are trying to speak to me all at once trying to oh my god and I was with this other queen and it was their big kind of coming out in the workplace it was such a big deal for them and I really wanted to make it special for them and they were they were quite devastated they ended up not performing or doing anything just because it it just threw the whole thing out we had to cancel pretty much the whole thing so I'm just a bit this year is a bit screwed. Oh, and the whole falling apart with us buying a house has just gone to shit. So anyway, mm-hmm. it's just. It just seems like when it rains, it pours. Yeah. You know, and everyone I'm sure on, on this episode has been there and has had bad shit happening to them. And what first world problems we have if it's tech not working or I can't buy a house. Like, let's but that's okay. calm down. You're, but you're still allowed to feel it. You're still allowed to feel it. Nobody's exactly. pain is different to anyone else's. You can feel things that that's more than allowed. But the good news is though, Dom, is that you messaged me when I was on my way home and you said, I'm looking forward to tonight because I need a laugh and Mm. that I can deliver this week, particularly, especially because we're recording tonight and I have had exceptional sessions with my (laughs) psychologist (laughs) and she has just laid it on the line of going, I love how you were talking about this particular moment this week. Let's talk about when that happened to you when you were 19. And I was like, oh, good. This will be fun. Um, all of those things that I'd neatly packed up into little boxes and suppressed, 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 <laughs> deep into my bowels. And quite um, well. I think so. I mean, they were neat. They had labels on them. Like I'm a, you know, I'm a daughter of our mothers. Like so, I, it was label maker, neatly folded, like all fine, pushed way down in my bowels. So we, yeah, took a couple of those little boxes out and aired out all of the garbage inside of those. So I'm, I'm feeling positive i'm feeling happy i'm ready to be back to being my charming cheeky self so i'm here to provide you with a laugh where i can oh i'm so here for it kate and it turns out that last week as always kate you and i have this habit of like feeding off of each other's energies and somehow tying our stories in like they were meant to be correct um so before we do a little bit of housekeeping i'll just quickly tell you i'm doing a like mega part epic story that is ned kelly because yes you all asked yes we said we said last week do you want to do it and people were emphatic yeah they were like yes we need the ned kelly story i'm so glad this is gonna be like an australiana bonanza (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's what's happening so particularly for our overseas listeners We are excited to share the depths and ins and outs of our goodies and baddies with you. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I think you kicked it off so well with Pedrid Prison. We're going down to Pedrid I got arrested. Where are you going? All right. Elvis Presley has left the building, (laughs) is sitting in the waiting room with Maggie. Lizzie. Maggie, Lizzie, <laughs> Bill, the ant that was clocking laps with the mushroom fungus. Bill! <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> so, you know what? And we're 
Just let's not even bother with housekeeping this week. We're just going to jump into it. Let's fuck it. We are. Because what we've done is that we've gone four and a half minutes over talking about our problems. Problems, our so lives. housekeeping's get, had to take the bloody back roads. I'll piss off for today. You know the, you know the thing, folks. Go follow us. Go like us. Go, go pay for our Patreons and get free shit and go give us a rating and review. Done. Housekeeping. Bip. Oh, okay, let me clear the gunk out of the corner of my mouth, which is oh, just makeup. Oh, that's delightful. And let's get into this <laughs> week's episode of Ned Kelly, the Bush Ranger. Yes, Bush Ranger. Ooh. Ned Kelly, the Bush Ranger. I'm feeling a bit musical tonight. I was listening to the Chicago soundtrack on my way to work today, and I tell you what, there's not... There's not a lack of bangers on that soundtrack. No, I used to Ooh. listen to that on repeat. So, oh, it's exquisite. Okay, we got 50 minutes max to get through part of this story. So let's get into it, folks. Let's do it. Preface Ooh. to a legend. Folks, clocked it. Folks, you did it. <laughs> so Ned, the protagonist of this story, if you haven't worked that out. <laughs> if you're just joining us. Yeah, not Ned from The Simpsons. This is Ned Kelly, was born in June 1855 to a very proud Irish Catholic family whose resentment of the British set the precedent for his life. Sorry, UK. This is not a good episode for you. Lizzie, block your ears, Dal. Yeah, no, we're talking about Ned. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. she just blew a raspberry into glass. <laughs> now, his short story is one that saw Ned and three mates take on the corrupt police, greedy land barons, and an ignorant government in a quest to change their world for the better. I like it. I, you know what? I think we need a bush ranger for today, and I don't mean like a man that knows how to go down on a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if any are listening. Yeah. <laughs> Please <laughs> get in Hi. touch with us. <laughs> My number is 042. <laughs> now, wrongly accused, they survived a deadly shootout with police in 1878 that saw Ned, his brother Dan, and their mates Joe Bine and Steve Hart outlawed with the largest reward ever ever offered in the British Empire, dead or alive, Kate. There's a wow. fun fact for you. The British Empire. Yeah. Lizzie's perked up again. <laughs> it was an empire. It's yeah. No longer. But kind of a cool, you know, thing to be able to say that I had the largest ever, you know, reward issued in my name. If you're going to go, go big. That's what yeah, I always say. Exactly. Now, over the next 18 months, the Kelly gang held up two country towns and robbed their banks without firing a single shot. They wrote numerous essays explaining their actions and became folk heroes to the masses, which is why Mm -hmm. everyone loves Nate Kelly and why we're doing this episode. Yeah. Their grand plan to derail a special police train and declare a Republic of Northeast Victoria, that's the state that Kate and I live in, Mm -hmm came to a fiery end in Glen Rowan when they donned their famous but cumbersome armour against an overwhelming police force. Glen Rowan. I have some friends that used to live there. Okay. Yeah, it's a lovely place. And by November 11th, 1880, the era of the Kelly gang drew to a close when Ned, after a brief trial, was hanged. Where was he hanged, Kate? Melbourne Jail. Yep. Yeah. I'll put some photos up, folks, if you're keen to see. Yeah. Have a look. (laughs) Yet the legacy of his life and the chord he struck with a young Australia unwilling to bend to injustice saw Ned Kelly become Australia's most enduring legend. Far more than a folk hero, Ned Kelly has become one of one with the Australian spirit. Listed in the top 100 of the world's most influential Irish people. And arguably Australia's best-known historical figure, our Ned truly deserves his place in the pages of history. As the subject for the world's first feature film made in Australia in 1906, 
Whoa. The story of the Kelly gang has been added to a United Nations Heritage Register, joining a list of fewer than 200 items on UNESCO's Memory of the World Register. And that includes the family archives of Swedish philanthropist Alfred Nobel and the official trial records of Nelson Mandela. Oh, my gosh. That's some pretty neat company to be in. Like, fucking hell. That's Holy big. shit. Pick that's it. massive. Can I just circle back really quickly? Awful phrase. I'm terribly sorry. I used that in real life. <laughs> I'm going to go back to something that you said where it's, you know, our Ned. Now, mm. as an Australian pastime, Things that we choose to claim become ours. Ours is at the beginning. Mm. Uh, Our Ned, our Kylie, our Pavlova, our Lamington. That is what we tend to do. So if you choose to, uh, yeah, come to Australia, if you don't live here already and you want to claim something, just put our before it and we'll accept it. That's pretty much what the British did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Thanks for that bad habit, UK. Cheers. Cheers, guys. All right. Now, we're taking our time because as my preface has just demonstrated, we're talking about not just any old person. Kate and I have done many stories. We've almost done 100 stories of lots of people. But Ned Kelly Mm -hmm. is like, well, it's the first UNESCO registered person of historical significance so we're going to take our time folks and we're going to really go through the entire story that is the Ned Kelly and the the following uh two episodes are going to be Dominic and I brainstorming ideas on how he and I could be the next people on the UNESCO (gasps) historical (laughs) register what would you what would you be known for Catherine (laughs) have Um, a think have a think and get back to me I will yeah because that's a big question because it Mm. needs to be more than riding a scooter home at 4.30 on a Sunday morning after a big night at the casino. <laughs> yeah. All the way from the city to, to Vermont South? No, I went back, went back to Port Melbourne. It was a cheap trip, but it was hilarious all the same. That's a story for another time. Okay. <laughs> all right, folks, let's get back into the early years. Let's rewind the tapes. Let's you know, hear the... The, the proper setup to what we just the origin, talked about. The origin, yeah, the story. origin story. So the early years. In 1841, Ellen and her six brothers and sisters arrived in Australia from County Antrim, Island. Her father, James Quinn, was a free settler who rented land for dairying in Brunswick upon their arrival. Stop it. I uh, know. And dairying oh. is obviously milk and them cows. Milk and them cows. Yeah. In the early 1850s, they settled in Wallen near Merry Creek. Merry Creek. Merry Creek. There's a lot of double woos <laughs> in all of this. <laughs> While at Wallen, James Quinn hired a young labourer named John Red Kelly, fresh from Van Diemen's Land. <gasps> Van Diemen's Land, otherwise known as Tasmania. Um, Yes, the littlest, uh, cutest little association to Australia that ever did exist. (laughs) I just love that we all (laughs) weaved all these episodes together. I know. Now, Kelly had served a seven-year sentence for stealing two pigs after being transported from Tipperary, Ireland. Mm -hmm. It's a long way to there. It is. It's a long (laughs) way. It's a long way. Oh, my God. Okay. Fantastic. It, it was in Wallen that John met James's daughter, Ellen, and they were to marry soon after at St. Francis's Roman Catholic Church in Melbourne. Oh, is that still around? Which is so fascinating because my middle name is Francis. And it is. Obviously, the, the, the original Dij Toronto family was Roman Catholic, so it's quite possible that we know that area. Likely. Anyway, John and Ellen Kelly lived with the Quins after they were married and it was here that a young Ned Kelly carved his initials, an E and a K and, and two Ks, into the door of his grandfather's forge. There are photos of it. I decided I'm not going to include it in our post because there's just so many photos, but you can go look it up. It's really cool. Okay. In 1854, the Kellys moved a short distance along the Hume Highway to Beveridge. Don't mind if I do. 
<laughs> what a perfect uh, segue. Mm-hmm. After Red, John, mm-hmm. purchased 21 acres for £70. Kate, please get on your motherfucking phone and please go tell me how much 70 pounds was in 1854 because it's going to depress me even more. (laughs) That's such a good time to be talking about house prices. Yeah. In what year was it? 1854, 70 pounds. Okay. Now, this money he had managed to save from gold digging and horse dealing. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Uh, Yeah, I love that. In January 1859, five years later, when his son Ned was nearly four years old, John Kelly built the family a timber cottage, which we do have a photo of. It was a typical Irish style of cottage with an earthen floor and drainage running between rooms. Internally, there were only two rooms and there was no ceiling, while the bluestone chimney dominated the house, which is pretty typical. Apparently, this calculator is only letting me go from 1901. Mm. It's so cheap that they can't even go backwards in time. Uh. By 1862, young Ned had started school in the little town's New Roman Catholic Church. The two teachers, Thomas and Sarah Wall, also taught Ned's sisters, Annie, age nine, and Maggie, age six. A surviving description of Ned by schoolmate Frederick Hopkins states, He was a tall, active lad and excelled all others at school games. In six months, Ned had learned to read and write to second-class standard before Red sold his farm in 1864 for £80. He made a tidy little £10 profit. Well, giddy up. I've got some info on that. It's not too bad. Okay, so now this is just, this is from the Reserve Bank of Australia. Um, shout out to them. We are looking for sponsors. Uh, it's seventy pounds from nineteen oh one, so you've got to add fifty years worth of three point eight percent inflation. However, sure. it's more than I thought. Uh, seventy pounds in the calendar year of nineteen oh one would, in the calendar year of twenty twenty two, cost twelve thousand and fifty eight dollars. So when we're talking about land prices and house prices, yeah, I would quite happily. I think I've got. $12,058 in, in my couch cushions that I could purchase a house with. <laughs> a farm. <laughs> I mean, a farm. Farm. I'd happily purchase a farm in Beverage for that. Yeah, I think that's not a bad deal. Yeah. All right. Now, two of Ellen Kelly's sisters married members of the Lloyd family, and for many years the Kellys, the Quinns, and the Lloyds made a formidable clan. Well, I mean, okay. I was just working out. I was trying to remember because, like, Grandpa's name, he had a Lloyd in his, but oh, but it was his middle name. Okay. No. Yeah, Donald Lloyd. Yeah, because I was going to be called Christopher Lloyd, which we I, I'm not even going to get on to the fact that I could have been called Christopher Lloyd if I was born a boy, and that's a whole other episode that I could talk about. <laughs> oh, the connections with Back to the Future. Put Ch- that back in its box, Kate, and unpack that with your... Get your label maker out. Pop <laughs> it down there. <laughs> now, um, where were we? Now, John and Ellen Kelly had eight children. They were, and you're not supposed to remember all these folks, but this is... Ned's. We're doing kid. the history. Yeah. Mary, Annie, Ned, Maggie, Jim, Dan, Kate, and Grace. That was me. There you go. And Grace? Grace. Grace. Sorry. Grace. I thought you said Grace. Grace? Grace. Great. Grace. Okay. Great. Now, after he sold in Beverage, the farm, Red took the family 80 kilometres north to Avenel in a bid to avoid being caught up with his brother Jim, who was already up to his neck in the horse and cattle stealing and would soon be in trouble with the law. So Red wanted to get away from his no good brother. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to live this life. I'm going to go ahead and scootaloo north. See you later. Now the Kellys thus shifted over the Great Dividing Range, a four-day journey with stock, although a skilled horseman could cover the distance overnight. But Oh, but still, that's a lot. Yeah, folks, we're talking like oldie times. You know, if you're in the States, think of when they hitched their wagons and they're in their, you know, whatever. Crossing the country. 
all that jazz. This is what we're doing. Now, it was here in 1865, a young Richard or Dick Shelton was nearly swept away in the flooded waters of Hughes Creek, which I've fucking been to. It's so strange. As he attempted to cross a fallen tree footbridge on his way to school. Now, he was rescued by a then 10-year-old Ned Kelly, who, without hesitation, jumped into the swollen waters fully clothed and paddled young Dick safely to the creek's bank. The shivering. I know, right? I just, yeah, I can't imagine doing that, a 10-year-old, fully clothed. It's just like, I'm not even going to think about this. I'm in. Yeah. That's what this, we're talking, we've got to speak to the character of Ned here, folks, because, yeah. Um, Now, the shivering youngsters made their way to the nearby Royal Mail Hotel, which is pretty much every hotel in any country town in Australia. And are they still, if you go into country towns in Victoria, every country town you hit will have a Royal Mail Hotel. There's Mm -hmm. no doubt about it. Absolutely. And that's where you can do your shopping, send your mail, have a shag, have a shower, have a shit, have a sleep. Have a palmer. And have a palmy. (laughs) Palmer or palmy, depending on which state you're in. Okay, be careful there. Don't get me started. I'm going to get my hobby horse out in a second. (laughs) Now, they walked their way to the Royal Mail Hotel, which was owned by Dick's parents. Mm -hmm. I can't, oh, Esau, Esau, and Margaret Shelton. That's what they had to pronounce that. Now, the boys dried themselves by the fireplace, and Esau lent Ned some clothes while Dick retold their fatal story. Fun fact, Kate. I, I love, love doing, fun facts. I love fun I love facts fun too. Facts. <laughs> yes. My favourite. So good. Alliteration just gets my giblets a knocking. Um, oh, a knocking. Okay. <laughs> now, a grandson named Ian Bluey Shelton. Was he redheaded? Was a famous Essendon football player. Bluey! And that is a direct descendant of young Richard Dick Shelton, saved by the Ned Kelly. Oh, my God. Imagine having that story to tell in the locker rooms. Yep. That's Ned Kelly saved my great-great-grandfather or something. Anyway, fun fact over. Now, the Sheltons. (laughs) (laughs) Fun facts only go for a short time, folks. So if if you're too slow, you miss it. You're too slow. You're going to miss it. If only there was a way to rewind on this sort of, um, you know, technology. If people have lasted 27 minutes exactly, <laughs> you deserve Good to it. have you. Good yeah. to have you. Now, the Sheltons rewarded Ned with an elaborate 221 centimetre long. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, this fucked up today. I am uh, let's I'm go. legit. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's ride with this. Let's ride this pony all the way to the end. I love it. 221 centimetre long, 14 centimetre wide, green silk sash, complete with gold bullion fringes at each end. That's a hefty sash. I know. Like, if I was a queen back then. Oh, my God. You'd be like, I am the mayor of this town and I will be running parades weekly so prepare your floats now this sash has been retrieved it still obviously exists today and we have a photo of it folks now i know none of this i'm so thrilled to be part of this because i love the story of ned kelly but only know the little clip that you gave us at the beginning really so i'm thrilled by this and to have it be homegrown history is making my giblets dangle or whatever it was that our giblets are doing tonight. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That's what yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds, it's in our stompy, like it's in our backyard. We grew up near these areas. Yeah. We, there are people still alive that are descendants of. It's like, it is. I feel very proud telling this story. I feel very Australian telling this yeah. story. It's a good That's story. Awesome. Now, the colour chosen was symbolic of Irish heritage, obviously. It is also probable the Sheltons paid Ned's father Red's court fine, allowing him to return to his family with an early release from the Avenel lockup when John Red Kelly had been charged with stealing a calf from someone named Mr. Morgan. Okay. I mean, folks, we're talking at a time when, yeah, survival is paramount and Mm. people do things to survive. Very different to committing a crime now. If you were to steal a calf now, you should go to jail. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's no, there's no excuse, folks. It's a no-brainer. 
Now, while the charge of cattle stealing was dismissed, the charge of unlawful possession of a hide oh. was upheld and he was fined at 25 pounds or six months in jail. Wow. That's jail with a G. Of course. We're back in the 1800s. Jail. Right. Gail. Kate Gail. taught us very well about that if you'd been listening to a previous episode. <laughs> Unable to pay the fine, Red was held at the Avenel lockup instead of the far harsher Kilmore jail. This more than likely had something to do with the regard people held for his son Ned and his saving of the Shelton lad. Ned's bravery may have won his father lenient treatment, a generous remission, and imprisonment in the local lockup instead of a distant jail. However, when Red returned to the family in the first week of October 1865, he also returned to the bottle. And scarcely more than a year later, he died of dropsy, an alcohol-induced illness that bloats the body. As Kate, okay, I have a drink. <laughs> Kate, your dropsy's looking a little dropsy. bloated. Excuse me, is my dropsy showing? Mm. <laughs> I actually, after two weeks of school holidays, I have a, a mild case of the dropsies, I'll be honest. I was. It's always fun when you're on school holidays because you go, okay, I've woken up, I've had a coffee, and then I hop out of bed, and then I'm like, do you know what time it is? It's wine time. It's time for a wine. <laughs> and then I'd look at the clock and it was maybe 10.30, maybe 11. I'm not an alcoholic, folks. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> like I'm high-functioning at the very least. <laughs> but my dropsy is a bit thicker at the moment. I'm here to support you. You and your dropsy, Kate. Thank you. I've got a wheelbarrow. We'll yeah. carry we'll pop, around. We'll pop her in there. She can still come to parties. <laughs> now, the sudden death of Red, his father, meant that Ned had to leave school at the age of 12. Red Kelly was buried at the Avenel Cemetery in December 1866, and Ned Kelly, at the age of 11 and a half, stepped into his father's shoes and left his school life behind. The loss of the family breadwinner was a severe blow to the family, but Mrs. Kelly, a widow at age 33 with seven children, was a determined woman. Yes, she was. Oh, my I'm, goodness. I'm 33 two years ago, <laughs> and I can't imagine what that would have felt like. I will go on to tell a lot more about Mrs. Kelly. I love her already. But she was like Sarah Hamilton. She was... She was like John Connor's mum. She was Terminator oh. level. I you, was just yeah. about to say, who's Sarah Hamilton? Like an idiot. And then it <laughs> hit me. <laughs> I was just about to completely embarrass myself um, on live television. JC's ex-wife that he yeah. so stupidly cheated on. Give me a break. Give me a break. Anyway, uh, let yep. me not, let's not get into it. Let's not get into the Titanic Terminator. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you know this about us. Um, we're a little bit fans of 80s and 90s films. <laughs> <laughs> and any sniff of one, we're going to pick that up like a truffle sniffing pig and we're going to bloody dig, dig, dig. Can so you believe that it's only on page three and I've already managed to put it in? Terminator, a Terminator reference. reference. You've, you've, you've caught, talked about James Cameron. It's Done. We're ticking boxes left, right and centre here. Okay. Now, she was a determined woman. She moved her family to a slab hut on 11 Mile Creek. Oh, my God. Again, also somewhere where I go. Yeah. It's not, not far from Benalla and halfway between Greta and Glen Rowan, an area which today is still referred to as Kelly Country. I love that. Yeah. We need to put that on our list of things that we need. We need it to be called Dom and Kate Country. Mm. I'd prefer the country to be spelt with a K, if that's okay. And a U. Yep. <laughs> and no O. <laughs> no O. Guys, we're trying to say front. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, the heroic deed and the Sheltons remained firmly in Ned's memory throughout the remainder of his life. In 1880, Ned proudly wore the sash as a cummerbund under his famous suit of armour. Are you the, kidding yeah. me? And this is this is the famous shootout that happened at the police station at Glen Rowan. 
Now, while Ned was captured after receiving 28 bullet wounds and executed less than five months later on November 11th, 1880, the frayed bloodstained sash still survives today and is on display at the Costume and Pioneer Museum in Benella. I am going to book a trip to Benella. Oh, do it. Like, I cannot believe that. Our family lived there, did they not? Yeah, so our uncle. Yeah who was also in the war. Uh-huh. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the Lloyd. I can't remember which one it was. Anyway, um, yeah, he was he was stationed out there. Yeah, because wasn't our, our grandfather yeah. as well and our but, great uncle? Oh, my God. Yeah. We need to get all of it. We truly need to do a full family history so that we can just refer back throughout our I keep our on Australia trying to get period. them. I've already done a little bit of vo- research into the Von Lutzow Kate, and yeah. I've found three or four p- potential aunties or uncles that were Von Lutzows in Manham or near Manham, and they're buried in that area. Oh my but gosh. I just need to get a couple links connected yeah connected to know if they're the cousins and da 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 so what i'm hearing is you're wanting to do a road trip with me (laughs) to benella and to manham in south australia is that what we're is that what we're gonna do we're gonna go visit our our german ancestors graves let's do it but we also need to go to benella okay okay i got to get on with this story. And the next section is called Work in the Bush, which <gasps> I thought you'd enjoy, Kate. So the number is 042 <laughs> Work that bush. Okay. Work that bush. Work the bush. Work, girl. Work that bush. Lizzie, don't look at me like that, pretending like you wouldn't be interested. She's, Lizzie. She's crossing her arms and giving me a frowny face like this. She's like, mm, mm, mm. stop talking about bush. You're already talking too much about the Irish. I hate it. I reckon if Lizzie and Maggie had worked their bushes a little bit more, we would have had a much better (laughs) output. Okay. Work in the bush. Now, it was inevitable that Ned, the eldest of the Kelly boys, should become a resourceful bush worker while still in his teens. He did many things to earn a few shillings for the family, such as ring barking, breaking in horses, mustering cattle, fencing, not with the swords, and perhaps a little <laughs> cattle duffing on the side. Kate, have a Google search of cattle duffing while you're at it. Please. Many of the settlers in the area were small selectors who were at constant war with the big landowners or squatters who at any time could call on the forces of law in order to protect their interests. In this social war, can be found the key to Ned Kelly's rebellion against authority. The Kelly boys, the Queens and the Lloyds, and the rest used horses like currency. So cattle duffing. I love learning. (laughs) Yep. Theft of cattle. Mm. You could face charges of cattle duffing. I'm going to put that on the list of something we might be able to do. I've done To get us into. Okay. (laughs) I've done a couple of duffing. <laughs> I've duffed here or there, Kate. <laughs> Look, my duff has been cattled once or twice in a lifetime, but I'm just saying if we're wanting to get on the UNESCO list, we've got to start really thinking of ideas. Yeah, and we don't always have to be good. Sometimes we have to do naughty things too. Yes, yeah. we do. And I, I genuinely believe, and this is just from <laughs> experience of being around you, is that you and I together with a bottle of vodka, could probably get up to some mischief, I think. I think. If there's a Nobel Peace Prize, there's going to be. Well, the fact that, just as a sidebar. <laughs> there's going to be a gaully gog or something. I know. But just as a sidebar, the fact that, folks, when you go to the uh, MCG and you sit in the fancy seats, which Dominic and I have the absolute privilege of being able to do, Those seats are reserved uh, for people that are ticket holders and you cannot sit there unless you are in the section with the reserved sign. And the reserved sign is it's uh, a chair cover that just sits on the top of the end of the row. It's green. It says reserved. It has an arrow which is pointing towards the seats which poor people cannot sit in. And so 
Dominic and I did attend the football recently in said seats. And at some point, and I don't know because I I did have quite a few cans of Canadian club around me. Um, (laughs) And at, at some point, Dominic was sitting next to me and just handed me one of these reserve signs. Um, which without even thinking, I didn't even process what had happened. I took it from his hand to my right hand and straight into my jacket pocket because I just felt it was something that I needed. Um, And obviously it was a gift. We didn't steal anything. Dominic gifted me a reserved sign from the MCG. It is now sitting proudly on my office chair at work and everyone <laughs> that has come into the office has asked, why is your seat reserved? And I said, mind your business. Because yeah, it sounds it? like you're poor. <laughs> you can't sit here because you're poor. <laughs> Don't be mad, folks. Just... So I feel like, Dom, we could get into some cattle duffing. Is the sidebar to that very long reserve sign story. You're welcome, I'm listeners. Totally here for it. Can't help it. Dom and I are really slugging the vodkas and red wines tonight so you're you are in for a treat for the next 20 minutes yeah we're we're still going so as we've been discussing obviously there's this uh social social class type sort of uh divide divide and tension so people that can sit in reserve seats and people that can't in the sense of the there we go. That's a thread, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in the sense of what you can do in society terms. Yeah. The people that work the land on a daily basis don't have much, do a lot of the hard yakka, and these big landowners that just own multiple farms all at once, you know, of course tension is going to build between these very hardworking people and these rich people that are just making a mint yeah. off of them. Now. The Kellys, excuse me, they regarded all unbranded strays as fair game and the police patrols as their natural enemies. The police in Kelly country also bitterly resented their clannishness, clannishness, that's not a word, (laughs) but whatever. (laughs) We're working on it. Of the small selectors and were determined to break them. So when Superintendent Nicholson, a Scot, took over the Northeastern Police District, he was told that Mrs. Kelly's house was a notorious meeting place for rogues and cattle thieves. He gave Mrs. Kelly a stern warning to which she responded with a spirited retort. In his official report, Superintendent Nicholson stated firmly, if in just judiciously, the Kelly gang must be rooted out of the neighbourhood and sent to Pendridge Jail, even on a paltry sentence, this would be a good day, a good way of taking the flashness out of them. Yeah. I did enjoy the slight pause when you said the Kelly gang must be rooted out of... (laughs) I know what I'm doing. I I didn't get to perform today, so you're hearing me perform tonight, folks. This isn't my first rodeo, okay? All routine. Now, (laughs) the forces of law had already been at work on the Kelly gang as Nicholson chose to call the family. At the age of 14 in 1869, Ned was arrested for assaulting a Chinaman. By the way, this is not... This is language from a a different different time. time. Mm -hmm. He was kept in the Benalla lockup for 10 days and then reluctantly released when the magistrate, Alfred Wyatt, dismissed the charge. A year later, Ned was taken on a more serious charge, that of being an accomplice of the bushranger Harry Power. Go do some research on Harry Power. Again, the case against him was dismissed for lack of evidence. You know, they didn't have DNA testing back in the 1880s, folks. <laughs> they did not, unfortunately. Mm. Actually, like 1850s. Now, Power, who I was just mentioning was born Henry Johnson in Waterford, Ireland in 1819. Go just read up a little bit about him. He's a really interesting character too. Um, Now, while roaming the Greta district, Power became friends with the Kellys, Lloyds and Quinns, and often stayed with the families. So think of him as like Obi-Wan Kenobi to Ned Kelly, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker. 
Understood. That's the relationship. That makes much. And to be perfectly honest, that helps me to know it because if I can refer it to an 80s or 90s film, <laughs> you know I'm going to get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> so while roaming the Greta district, Power became friends with the Kellys, Lloyds and Quinns and often stayed with, their, with all the families. It was here that Harry Power became known as the Gentleman Bushranger. Many of Power's victims reported seeing a young man in the background during his bail-ups. This young man was to learn a great deal about bushmanship. (laughs) That number is zero four. (laughs) If you are proficient in bushmanship, Bushmanship. don't hesitate to call. Uh, Readily available. Text line (laughs) is open. (laughs) I mean, bushmanship's becoming more popular, you know. Okay. And here, here. The young man was Ned Kelly, surprise, surprise. And the lessons learned would stay with him during his very short life. Harry Power was made famous by being credited with tutoring a young Ned Kelly in the ways of bushrangering during 1870. It was a brief affair, one where Ned made only five pounds and which nearly cost him his life. Ned was arrested as Harry's accomplice in May 1870. However, the charge we know as later dismissed. Mm -hmm. Now, initially, Ned Kelly was blamed for Power's capture, but it was later revealed his uncle, Jack Lloyd, a longtime friend of Harry Power's, had led police to the Bushrangers camp and pocketed 500 pounds for his trouble. On the charge of three armed robberies, although he probably committed more than 90 offences while at large, Power was sentenced to 15 years imprisonment with hard labour to be served at Pentridge. Pentridge Prison. He survived his prison term being released in 1885, an old and very sick man. Mm. For a period afterwards, he acted as a tour guide aboard the Hulk Success under the title The Last of the Bushrangers. In 1891, Power made his last trip to the northeast where it was reported he slipped and drowned whilst fishing in the Murray River near Swan Hill. Also been there. He survived his famous apprentice by 11 years. Mrs. Kelly may have been half right when she called him a brown paper bush ranger, but his death signified the end to the golden days of bush rangering for Victoria's northeast. Oh, my God, I'm feeling so alive reading this story. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, folks. I don't know why I'm getting emotional about it. I just feel so alive. (laughs) I haven't felt like this in months. Sam. Just talking about Harry Power and Ned Gallies just brought me back to life. Sam, our very avid listener, has... I'm so glad that you just wrote into us and insisted on us doing this story. Yeah. It's giving me life. Okay. I just, and I genuinely am learning so much. And I love that when we have these episodes where you go, yeah, I know that story. I don't know this story. And this is yeah. so flipping good. All right, folks, we're going to get a bit high speedy here because I really want to get through this next bit. All right, so I can't talk about the MCG anymore. Okay. Okay, okay. I'm going to so mind my gonna, P's and Q's. We're going to get through it. Unless we do this over three periods, in which case, do you know what? Maybe we'll just do this over three fucking episodes, Kate. I think we, I genuinely think that we should because right. our banter is unstoppable. Let's do it. I'm, I'm going to pause there, folks, and finish on Harry Power. I've got so much more to tell you. We're literally only like a third of the way through and which makes sense says, in terms of a three part <laughs> but please stay on the line and I know we didn't do uh housekeeping at the start of this episode but if you would like to which I know you do I have got the most epic bricking it episode which you can only access if you uh join our patreon which is like two bucks three bucks four yeah. bucks it's super five cheap bucks, but yeah five bucks, but... <laughs> Well, that's correct. You did say it's like two bucks. It's which a coffee. It's, it's like when you go to the $2 shop here, it, they all had to start calling them, you know, $2 and more shop because yeah, nothing exactly. was $2 in there anymore. 
And for five dollars today, you could have bought a farm back in eighteen eighty or eighteen exactly. yeah. ten or whatever the fuck it was. So yeah, Kate, I'm just gonna wrap it up right there because we're like at the it. fifty minute mark. Yeah. We've it's had a good a, time. We've a had good a good time. we've had a great time. We've shared our vulnerabilities. We've shared the, our time together. And Dominic, whilst you were going through your story, I have been keeping a, a little tally, okay. just a little tally, okay? Oh, Ooh, I'm going to add that one as well that you just did. You asked me at the beginning, oh, I'm adding another one, at the beginning of this story and before we started recording that you would like to have a little laugh. So I, in fact, have been keeping a tally of how many times did Dominic laugh and or chuckle throughout this episode and the grand total comes to 19 times. Oh. 19 times in 50 minutes did we get a little chuckle and or laugh from you. So hopefully in terms of a ratio of minutes <laughs> To chuckle, laugh, oh, there's another one. It's 20 times now. A laugh to chuckle, I mean, chuckle, laugh ratio to time. I think that's pretty damn good. And yeah. I hope that you are feeling a little brighter and better. I am. Thank you so that is much, so good. Yes. <laughs> 21. Let's make 21, it legal, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Let's make it legal. We all like legal. That number as well, if you are legal and a bush ranger, <laughs> zero four two double. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness me. Thanks for bearing with us, folks. It's been a very long day, especially for me. But, Kate, you're a gem for sticking around and, and of course. making I'm me... contractually obliged, so <laughs> I was... <laughs> but for our listeners, thank you all for, for sticking around. And please join us next week. We're going to drink even more because I think that just makes us a fucking treat. We are... I... You said it. Took it, the words right out of my mouth. A treat. <laughs> We're a treat, darling. And, yeah, go sign up for our Patreon. It takes all of five seconds, sitting.bricks.podcast, and I'm about to give you the Mac Daddy of Brickinet episodes, bonus episodes. It's very short, but it's good. Amazing. We'll see you next week, I'll certainly be there. See you guys. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) That's a wrap. Big shout-out to everyone for tuning in to Shittin' Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.